You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities. David, I thought of you over the weekend. I was stuck to my TV, which is not unusual at the mm-hmm. weekend, but even stucker than before. And I thought you must have so much material to read in The Economist and the Financial Times because of what's I, been yeah, going on. There must yeah, have been a lot yeah. of really interesting articles. Yeah, yeah the, you, you know, you know if, if, if you think about it, um, I think the big news, and this is, for me, it's not big news, was the the collapse of FTX, you know, the Bankman-Free Crypto yeah. uh, Exchange, and, I mean, investigations into it. It's it's something that hasn't really attracted my interest, but I was drawn in to try and understand what happened there. And, and you know, just a sigh of relief that, um, that, that, that I've never been involved, you know, just exposes how difficult it is uh, to invest in a company that's 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 uh, um, where there's no regulation but Lindsay the one thing and I'll, I'll talk to you we'll, we'll go on to this afterwards it's something yes. that always worries me and uh, you know, is is how businesses can just take punts like this with other people's money and I'm talking about a lot of the private equity firms who just put hundreds of millions up and say oh well it's nothing let's have a punt at that I'm always I would never do that for a client. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I might make mistakes. I might make a mistake and a misjudgment in company and it goes off the, you know, does something. But when you buy that, the reasons you buy it are secure and have been well uh, thought of, you know, well looked into. Anyway, that's, that's something that always irks me when, when people get arrogant with other people's money and just have a punt at something. But that's, we can talk about that some other time or even later. Well, I mean, I if they the, got it right, it wouldn't have been bad. But the, the point is, it's unregulated. And yes. you don't yes. know what you do. This yep. chap apparently who yep. owned um, one of the platforms, I don't know if it was um, FTX, it, it probably wasn't. That was the one I think yeah. he was trying to say. He was worth $16 billion. And yep. then he, um, yep. and, and suddenly this, this ghastly sell-off occurred. And then yep. I think it was the BBC said, and now he's worth three, and um, and uh, they said no, not three billion dollars. No, he hasn't got three. Three, It's yeah. three dollars he's worth officially, <laughs> <laughs> which of course well, is nonsense. You see, you see, you see what the other thing is that go have a look at how many covers he made in the last month or so. You know whether it was. Uh, on the cover of, you know, how many newspapers? I'm trying to think. I think he was on Fortune. Mm. He was one of the, uh, you know, the, the big stories on Fortune magazine. So, um, you know, the, the next hero, the next Buffett you know, in his world. Oh, but, my God. But people make the statements without really doing in-depth investigation or alternatively, um, you know, not understanding. So it becomes journalistic. You know, it comes something that journalists run after and they're, they're, they're taken in by the story without really understanding what's beneath it or what's, you know, what's below it. And I always, I, I, you know, where you're looking after money, mm. you know, somebody else's money, you have to be extra, extra careful. You know, it's a huge responsibility. And I'm always critical of, of, of them. Have a look at the amount of money that he raised from other people. How do they justify that? Okay, it's not a much, you know. People says, uh, um, yeah, well, it's only a little. It won't, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Or it, it won't affect us. But I always say, well, what was the thought process behind it? You know, anyway, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Of I think course. every investment you make, 
must be well thought out, not just, ah, well, let's have a chance and a FOMO, a little bit of nervous of missing out, let's have a go at it. You know, you can do it with your own money. I don't care what Lindsay Williams does with his own money. But if you're handling other people's money, you can't do that. And most of these, most of these big funds ha- are handling other people's money. Yeah. Well, a year ago, anyway. you know, he, he was the hero, as you said, because uh, Bitcoin was yeah. 60, 65,000, whatever it is. And then it's ultimate demise. It'll still stay around. People will punt and people will use it as a punting vehicle. Mm, mm, uh, but it's, mm. it's not never, ever going to be a reserve currency, an alternative to the dollar or the yuan or the yen or the euro or whatever it is. It is always going to be a punting yeah. vehicle. And I've always thought that and I get shot down by people why don't you have me on your show i said because i don't want to talk about this i really don't want to because you're going to promote it you're using me as a platform for promoting your platform no thank you very much i don't believe in it i don't understand it and it'll end in tears and i don't want people to lose money as you david you don't you 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 feel people's pain because you handle private clients and you know what they go through when they lose money but this is off the scale 75 percent. it's like being (laughs) invested in meta for goodness sake which was horrible. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I spoke to a very clever chap at a fund manager in London the day after that massive rally we saw, seven and a seven point three five percent in the Nasdaq. And um, you, we were saying that day, we've, you've never seen spikes like this to the upside. We've no yeah. downside. Yeah. You can understand. But for something to go up that amount, yeah. and yeah. This, this guy said mm. we looked. We looked down the list, we analyzed the data, we saw what had happened, and we said all the, all the drivers were the stocks that had massive short positions going into that inflation data. And he said that, that was it. He said, be very, very careful on one data point. Don't get carried away with one data point, i.e. a lower print than expected in American inflation. And he, was, he actually put a really good um, case together for that, especially that short position and short covering argument. I think you agree with that as well, don't you? Well, I, there's something more than that. I think because it wasn't only the stock market that went up, it was bonds that went down. Same and, thing. Well, yes. You know, short positions uh, being covered. If, well, if it, is short, if it is short covering, why do people cover shorts? You know, they, they must feel, hold on, there's change in the air, that um, maybe the next data point will be, um, equally as positive, positive meaning that inflation coming down. So why I, we've been feeling this way, you know, that change is coming soon, that we're ending the the ultra bearish positions. Yes. We're not. No one's ready to rush in. No one's ready to make a big case. But uh, these are signs of some kind of bottoming in the market. I would feel more secure if the, you know, when the S&P gets above 40,000, it's at 39,000 something there. So I think we need another two or 3% confirmation. And, uh, we might then get a little more excited that, that, you know, it's broken that downtrend and is starting to establish a new uptrend. It's pretty early days, but then other positive signs. Um, what if you look even today with, uh, uh, a Waller, who is a, I don't know, he's a Fed governor from from the US. I don't know which state he represents of the 12, but he's also come out, you know, we're not changing our course. We're standing by this and it's too early, the terminal rate. You know, the same story that Biden has been pushing. The thing is that 
these kind of statements no longer have the power to shift the market down as they did before. It's just kind of brushed aside. So um, we wait for more signs, but I think what we've seen now are, you know, have have kind of given a little bit of comfort to the market, and I wouldn't be. I'd be very nervous to get too negative. No, don't, you know, not too, get negative, mm, negative, but don't get mm, carried away either. And I think what the yeah. what the interesting um, reaction, or rather the um, upshot of what happened last week when mm. there were these massive moves, 5.5% in the S&P, 3.7% in the Dow, 7.5% in the Nasdaq, which I haven't seen and you haven't seen for a while, um, no. if ever, on the upside. Um, I think what it's done is cleaned out speculators and hedge funds yes. to a certain extent. And, and now the market is not in equilibrium. Obviously, there's always going to be a bias towards up or down, bull versus bear. But I do think that now, if the market rises, it's going to rise in much smaller increments. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, no, no, that you could take as a given. Mm. You know, we're not going to get – where you've got interest rates at 4 or 5%, you can't expect the kind of moves that we've had before. Mm. Uh, there might be recovery stocks, you know, where, where stocks have been oversold. For example, you might find a Disney that was, you know, slammed down to 85 March recover to 110 or 120, which represents a 10 or 15% or 20% you know, uh, turnaround from a very oversold position. But I don't think you can, ex what you're trying to say, and I think where I agree, don't expect the kind of gains that we've seen over the last decade or so, not in a higher interest rate environment, definitely. But you like that, you don't know? you? You like good steady gains from oh, good yeah. solid companies that yeah. pay dividends. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, definitely. No, no, I'm much more secure in those kind of markets. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't win. You can't win in markets where uh, the movements are so you know, violent in either direction. It's very difficult to run money that way. So you feel, you know, I've always set my my benchmark at like if I can do 6% in dollars for a, for a client, I think, you know, I'd be very happy. I'd be yeah, I'm talking in dollars, you know, and I'm talking in an inflation environment of 2 3%. So you, where you get into, you know, that's all. That's all we want. Whereas in the past, we've had 18% up one year, 20% up the next year, and then down 20% the following year. Yes. It's very disconcerting, and, it, you know, it makes people insecure. And they, they look, you know, they can't handle it. And I can understand that. So, yes, I'm definitely would like to get back to the old traditional markets that we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, old boring markets. Yeah. Oh, I love boring. I love a good bore occasionally. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. The day after that CPI data, incidentally, one of yeah. your favorite sectors did very, very, very well indeed. I think it was Richemont was up 13% the next yes. day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. That was a I big know. move. Yeah. Huge move. Well, it's, 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 I don't know why. <laughs> I'm saying. Um, well, they yes, had a trading update numbers. as well, which was quite favourable, mm, but mm, obviously it got yeah. caught up in the in yeah. the whole basket buying story on the yes. JSE after what had happened in the states the night before. But that's very good news. I mean, are luxury goods buyers immune to recession, uh, to downturns, and that sort of thing? I think they probably Not, are, given the given the, the the sale of that art which we spoke about with um, yes, with yes, Viv, Viv Governor last week. I mean, that shows you there's an mm. awful lot of money sloshing around. Yes, no, the, 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 you know those markets to an extent are bulletproof because there are a lot of rich people, and particularly at the high end of the luxury market, 
you know, like Richmond, where you've got Van Cleef and Arpels and uh, you've got Cartier, you know, you don't walk into those shops unless you've got lots of <laughs> thousands of dollars to invest. Do you, yeah. do you understand? You know, I wear a swatch. I think it costs $100. I don't know. And it keeps time, strangely enough. Why don't you need a watch? It's a brilliant Why don't you just look watch. at your phone? Why don't you need a watch? Yeah, I do sometimes. Sometimes mm. I, I, yeah, but... Uh, Sometimes you do need a watch just to look down because if you're in a meeting and you, you want to know the time, you know, you can't go and look at your phone. So That's you true. kind of surreptitiously have to kind of look at your arm. But I mean, my Swatch watch, I think, costs maybe $100 or something like that. And, mm. uh, that that's a maximum. And it's kept time for four or five years absolutely perfectly in that. So I, I'm, I'm not one who likes to walk around with. Uh, What's it? A hundred thousand and and hundred thousand rand watch or two hundred thousand fifty? You've got to be crazy, you know. But listen, it attracts a lot of people. They love, you know. Mm -hmm. Some people have got more than one or two or three or four of them. But um, that that's why we buy them. So what what's happened? One of the big moves is that with the dollar as strong as it has been, um, a lot of Americans are going into Europe and uh, you know buying these these. Uh, um, well-made watches. I mean, and and listen, these are craft watches at at uh, very good prices and jewelry as well. So I've been remark. It's been remarkable how well luxury has held up. It's uh, it's interesting because watches. I don't know for, for what reason that watches have been an outperformer. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know I, I watched something called the Antiques Roadshow on a Sunday night on the BBC, mm. and sometimes some bloke <laughs> yeah. will come in, and the, it was a the watch. The second-hand ones, are you yeah, exactly. About? This thing is yeah, it's all yeah, scratched yeah. and everything. And he yeah, said, "Well, yeah. there was only uh, you know two hundred uh -huh. of these made, etc. And yours yeah. isn't in great condition, but um, I have to say mm. that this is a twenty-five thousand uh, pound watch. And I know a, a chap whose name I won't mention, but he's a watch um, a watch uh, dealer essentially. He buys and sells watches for for well." people he's made a fortune yeah. over no. the last 10 years an mm. absolute mm. fortune because they're so highly sought after and if you've got the context mm. it's like it's like an mm. asset class on its own within the luxury goods mm. industry i inherited i inherited a pair of cufflinks in fact not from my i my relations were all poor you know no rich relations nothing i've got nothing to look forward to any kind of secret inheritances of that but my wife's had a great aunt. <laughs> I don't think you should really just speak about your your relations in terms of money, David. I really think you should say he was a lovely chap, but he didn't leave me any money, but I don't want money. But anyway, go on about your wife. <laughs> so my wife's great aunt um, never had children, but her husband was quite a dapper man. Oh, yeah. And he left a pair of cufflinks which uh, were absolutely beautiful, which we don't wear today. No one's going to wear them today. Um, but on the one, on, uh, on, I think on the one cufflink had a very small diamond. It was like gold with a small diamond. Mm. And the other was actually a watch. Mm. You know, the other cufflink was a little watch, you know, and in perfect working condition. And I can't remember, it's not a Rolex, but it, it's, it's a very – popular and a high-level name. It's absolutely beautiful. So, I mean, that's about the, the closest I've got to luxury watches uh, in this cuffling, which I've kept in a safe 
You know, I'm never going to wear it. I don't know what's going to happen. Somewhere along the line, when I'm gone and my great-grandchildren come and look and say, look at this, you know, <laughs> they'll go open a safe or something. What it will be worth, I have no idea. She'll get it appraised, you know. They, those things can differ, <laughs> you, know, separate, slip, you know, stealthy fingers can uh, pick those sort of things up when you're not looking. I would definitely get it um, appraised. So, yeah, but, I mean, it, it's it's that's about it, you know, other than that. Um, I'm not a jewellery person. That's why I always say I like to buy the shares, not the goods, you know, and, and so on. The only watch I've ever really wanted is either a Patek Philippe, an antique one, yes. should I ever come mm. across it and I had the money, mm. or a Cartier tank, you know, a discreet little square-faced, um, or not square, rectangular-faced thing, a Cartier tank. Uh, yeah, anyway, mm. so if you're thinking of a kind um, <laughs> present for me I'll send you my birthday details <laughs> uh, David let's have a look at other things as well quite a busy okay, day you know, the other thing we haven't yeah. done is the politics side you asked me what I read on the weekend yeah, yes, please. I found that fascinating yeah. I, 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 it's, I'm absolutely enthralled by what's happening in America at the moment in terms of politics how voters have rejected Trump oh, uh, he might not admit that You know, he's not going to admit it He's going to come out fighting and blaring. But I think I think it was a comment from Mike Pompeo mm. that I read without reference to directly to Trump. But, you know, Mike, he, I think he also might have aspirations. But he made a comment saying, you know, I think that I think you, you want to elect someone who wants to look after the people, not air grievances. In other words, Trump will only stand so that he can get back at Biden and get back at the people who kicked him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got no no other intentions. And that was, I'm interpreting what uh, Pompeo said. I might have got it slightly wrong, but I mean, I think the mo I think people are tired of, you know, that the 2020 vote was rigged and, and so on, and they want to move on. And I think that's coming out from commentary and that's come out in the election. Uh, the, Dem the Democrats have held on to the Senate. They've got their 50 seats with one to go, which they can now have 51. And and even the House is still, I don't, you know, they're likely to lose it, but by a very small margin, which is, uh, you know, which is also, I think, um, a move that, you know, that, that the Republicans have lost ground. So I think there's going to be changes. I think as much as noise as Trump makes, um, I, th I, th I think... I doubt whether he'll, you know, stay the course. And G and Biden have just met now. I saw it's that. Yeah, there was some nice mm, uh, backslapping mm, and, mm, and a cautious mm. optimism there. But yeah. um, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors when they when, when no. they have a real meeting. But uh, there's clearly animosity between the two of them. Uh, but <sighs> at least they've met, which is which is really yeah. really good news. Um, well, David, I think that's important. You know, they yeah. they say, listen, we might not agree, but at least we're talking. You know, it's better than not talking. So, exactly. Keep yeah. the lines of communication yeah. open. I think yeah. they both agree on that. Um, I think the best thing that could happen is tomorrow, around about this time, Trump sitting there, um, having just having his um, third KFC of the day or something, and, um, <laughs> and he makes the announcement and he says he's going to run again. I think that would be, if you're a Democrat, I don't know if you are and you don't need to tell me, but I would, I would think that was the best thing for the Democrats if he runs because yeah. everyone yeah. apart yeah. bar two that he, he endorsed 
for the midterms yeah. has lost. Exactly. Herschel Walker might lose yeah. as well. Have you seen this creature? Yeah. Uh, the mm. one that yeah. an has an anti-abortion stance and yet two yeah. women have come forward and said, well, he urged me to have an abortion after we had an affair. And it was quite funny. There was an American satirist TV presenter I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Bill Maher. Do you know him? M-A-H-E-R. Have he, you ever he, seen him? Yeah. Yeah, I like him very much. He's, he's very, very good. He's yeah, got a great yeah, voice. Smart, and yeah. he's very, very dry. And he said... He was a, he's an actor. He was. He's been in movies. He's, oh, really? But he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's doing much better as a talk show host and... Uh, very outspoken and very articulate. <laughs> he, yeah. said, um, huh. he said uh, Herschel Walker has come out recently and said that he's looking forward to his first term, which is more than his, <laughs> his unborn children <laughs> can, can look forward to. Because <laughs> he said, really, I just can't understand no, no. it. And people actually yeah, vote no. for this freak. Yeah. Anti-abortionist yeah. who's encouraged his affairs to have an abortion. And they did. Yeah. Ah, no. I don't know. The Republican Party is in tatters, I think. Um, David, um, what else have we got today? Uh, I've written down Richmond, we've done that. Omnia, down 6%. ShopRite, up 7%. Uh, after its uh, operational quarterly operational update, Brait. I uh, don't know what that's, that's done, but it was up quite that's, smartly. Uh, they, they unbundling... Pi uh, Premier. Premier, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they're going to yeah. list on the, on, on the JSC, yeah. which is probably a good move. Yeah. What's Brait got to do with Premier? Yeah. Uh, Telcom well, and Vodacom. You know, that, that's... that's that's a you know premier and um, sorry premier and tigers that uh, years ago were were major rivals you know yes. particularly in the bread maize uh, area and 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 other parts you know so the two fams the blooms and the frankels uh, were very prominent families I just looked today I mean premier obviously has gone through a lot of transitions as tigers but premier if they do list it might have a market cap of six seven billion so small which is well below tigers yeah yeah it's okay I mean it's in line with some of the other smaller food companies like uh, uh, you know astral oceana and so on but still it would be a, a second life for them and and also just give give uh, Bright a little bit of breathing room. Then there were the others that I think you might have missed. Telecoms. Uh, Vodacom and Telcom. Mm. Yeah, I was about to mm. come to that. The telecommunications mm. yeah. sector. Yeah. Suddenly, Telcom mm. came out with uh, mm. an update, down 6.5% mm. last time I looked, and mm. Vodacom, its results, down 5.5%. Now, I was thinking yeah. about this, and I'm in the Netherlands. You know, there's fierce mm. competition for your, your mobile yeah. money. Every single every single night, you get three or four ads for three or four different companies. I was with Vodafone over here, and I was mm. um, I was just paying eighty five euros a month for the you know the full package and everything. You know, you can be, go anywhere, mm. and it's unlimited this and unlimited that. And then a friend came to me and said, uh, "Why are you paying this amount of money? I can get you thirty five <laughs> euros a month with T Mobile." And mm. I looked at it, and I went to see T Mobile, the local shop. And I said, yeah, you'll get a new iPhone and it's 35 a month. And I said, okay, let's switch over. And I suddenly think that there's so much competition and the margins are becoming so wafer thin. I don't know anything mm. about the industry, but uh, I can understand mm. why mm. old, um, stuck in their ways, companies like maybe Vodacom and, and Vodafone mm. are losing out to the more nimble, mm. smaller companies, although T-Mobile's mm. not a small company. But it doesn't look good, no, does but it? I, it what, what you're exposing is how how difficult it is for them to hold on to uh, to customers and, uh, you know, how you can switch as you did. Mm. Um, the other thing is it's all about data. And I've always said that, you know, data, we want you to put up, 
we want you to give us 5G, 6G, but we don't want to pay for it. You know, do you mind? Mm. Do you mind giving it to us free? And 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 that's why it is such a difficult industry. You know, it's 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 very cutthroat. It's very and requires a lot of capex. Um, and also, you can see how how geared it is as interest rates are coming up here. How it is affecting and cost increases. How it is affecting their margins. Yeah. So is it a I, sector that you I would look at if it came down far these. enough or not? Yeah, maybe. I have to look more closely at this one. You know, it surprised me a little. Vodacom, I know that they've uh, that they've spent quite a lot in Ethiopia, you know, as startup, which has probably been written off there. Hmm. But um, I, you, you can see the market's reaction by knocking them down about 6%. Hmm. And I think the other one is Telcom, you know, because Telcom's been in the, in, the, in, in the news or in the limelight because of MTN's bid. Yes. Which they've kind of now, which MDM have now rejected and leaves them exposed. And these results just show you how vulnerable telecom is. You know, another, um, they're trying to shift their business model uh, towards contract type um, uh, clients away from prepaid. You know, they're trying to reposition their business, but you need a lot of money and you need in this kind of environment. Um, uh, a lot of spending, and you're going to have to give up margin. So I don't know where where this you know where this leaves them. What happened uh, to rain? I mean, rain also drops out. Right? Yeah, it's, it's massive. I mean, yes. th- this share was over fifty rand a share. It wasn't that long ago, I don't yeah. think. It's now thirty three sixty, yeah. thirty three rand yeah. sixty yeah. a share. Mm. What what has rain done? Have they also pulled out from the bidding war? Or well, there's no bidding well, war yeah, now. It's I, just I, them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is going to be between them. If there is any kind of talk, I think there are. There might be other suitors, but. Uh, this is this is a complicated area, you know, mm. and I think I think for the 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 bit players, and you know those on the margin, I think it's very difficult for for the rains, for the telcoms, for the Celsius, you know, for companies like that. Uh, if it's hard enough for MTN and Vodacom, you can imagine how difficult it is for uh, you know for smaller players like this. Mm. Um, they've got to find other areas. They've got to go into payments. They've got to go into those kind of areas if they're going to hold on to their profitability and value. Okay, let's talk about uh, – so let, let's just sum this up now. You liked what happened last week. You liked the fact that inflation came down. You liked the fact yes. that some people are now projecting that interest rates won't go as high in the United States yep. and probably elsewhere mm-hmm. as much as initially predicted. But you're not going to rush in. But on the other hand, maybe the low has been put in place, David. Yeah, uh, I think that is the, the, that is the situation. I think I think we've seen the worst of the markets, um, and I and I confirm what you're saying. The turnaround. Don't expect it to be a runaway turnaround. You know, don't mm. expect this to to roar ahead. Uh, you're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to look for those solid companies that can actually function in an environment where rates are going to remain high, a well higher than they have been for the last decade. So you need good operational uh, efficiencies, and uh, that might take out a lot of businesses that were favourites last year, the year before, and so on. So this is a more serious market, but there's nothing wrong with it. You know, serious in that you can't be these uh, young Robin Hooders. You know, there's going to no. be it's going to be very difficult for them. Well, that's, that's a shame. And for the crypto people, you know, for all those <laughs> speculative type. You know, the, the speculative market that you could fund with zero interest, you know, where you could borrow money for zero and take a big punt, I think um, I think that's going to be harder. So 
you know, you're going to have to work a little harder for your money now if you are a financial advisor. Uh, let's talk about football now uh, briefly. It was the last uh, week, you know, it was Christmas, mm. essentially, mm. and Arsenal are top at Christmas. They look mm. really, really, not only efficient, yeah. but also they have some flair about them with people like yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, they, you must He's be getting great. quite excited. He's great. You know what? He hasn't scored, but but I don't think you can take anything away from the skills. Yes, he hits the post and he just misses. He just hasn't had luck on his side, but he's, you know, he's, he draws people. His, uh, I, th- I think he's playing. He's playing with more freedom than he was ever allowed at Man City. Mm. And I don't take anything away from Man City at all, you know. But but Arsenal have given him a lot more freedom, and um, I, I think he's a brilliant player. I think you know. It's, yes. Listen, for Arsenal, it was an absolute win. It was a sniff. They so, got him. For, they got him for mm, nothing, and he mm, looks as though he's mm. enjoying himself. He's smiling. And the yeah. thing is that he may not be uh, getting a hat trick. The, the number of assists that he gives, it's yeah. almost as good yeah. as a hat-trick because he's assisting yeah. his yeah. his fellow forwards. Mm. That is very, very good. Yeah. Speaking of City, they were completely bamboozled by Brentford. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you saw the game, but they didn't know how game. to deal with these fast <laughs> chaps like uh, Ivan yeah. Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. They couldn't deal yeah. with it. I saw from the, the Did first... Did you see the game? I mean, the goal that they, that, that, that they scored at the end, Brentford. Yes, of course. Um, I, I watched every minute on. of that game. It was, they was, Man they, City were pedestrian to get back. They were rubbish. They just kind of drifted back. Yeah, they were rubbish getting back. And you just saw Brentford sending, I mean, with one minute to go or however minutes, you know, Brentford you thought were holding, and they sent, I don't know, three three chaps racing ahead. There. It was four against two uh, for that last yeah, goal, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but anyway. City will come back. Pep. Pep Guardiola was was just he, he he looked he looked drained after that game because what they did was they said okay we can't compete with them you know man for man with tiki taka passing football yeah. the first thing they did when they got it back to their goalkeeper after about thirty seconds that goalkeeper launched a missile up towards the yeah. area and then you knew <laughs> you knew that that was um, that was going to be their mm. tactic just whack it up our players are faster than yours they may not be as skillful <laughs> but goodness yeah. me it works so beautifully I'm I'm actually pleased mm. with Brentford. Um, mm. and that's it and uh, you haven't seen the Ronaldo story which annoyed me enormously no, this morning I, I will go into that have a look um, at that we'll I'm speak about it I'm disappointed because I've always I've always admired his professionalism and uh, uh, attitude on the field but I think that he's also got to recognise that he's not the youngster you know he's not the kid that he was he's 36, 37 you've got to open the way for new players and uh, you just got to accept that you know yeah, it's, well. it's very hard, like an old pop star, you know, a rock singer. Or boxer. But, uh, yeah, you're a boxer, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I watch the rugby as well, which you don't watch. I mean, no, I didn't. But that uh, also, also was uh, brutal. And the cricket I loved. Yes, of course, England winning the T20. Who's, what's there not to love? I mean, come on now. Ben Stokes, he's, he's, he's a but national like, treasure. He's a good team, eh? Hey? The Pakistani, it's a brilliant team. And and that's why I mean when that bowler what's his name Rashid mm. uh, it was was you know that was that was a gift I mean it's odd that because he's he's you could see how they were struggling uh, even Stokes against the the pace and movement uh, and I just couldn't get close to the ball but anyway mm. fortune favoured them and next um, when is it is it Saturday or Sunday s- night. And it's a, is the host? It's Qatar. Who, who? What's the opening game? Is it the the winners from the previous World Cup playing first, or yeah. what is it? Or is it the the host that plays first? I don't know. Whatever it is, I'll be there. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I get two Christmases this year. Fantastic. <laughs> David Shapiro, thank you very much for your time. David is from Sassoon Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.